0: This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
1: I love you, Mom. She's one of the most
2: influential women in NASCAR.
0: I love my mom.
2: My sister, Kelly, always has my back. I couldn't be prouder of my daughter. I love my wife, Kelly. She's my best friend.
0: Welcome to this week's Fast Lane Family, brought to you by Bedhead by TG. You can get Bedhead by TG products at your local Ulta, and you can also visit ulta.com. So today, we're going to do a little wrap-up, and joining me in the Exalta studio is... Mr. Steve Letarte, NBC color analyst, and dad and I, I was wondering what kind of titles and, I were yeah. gonna get.
1: There's a lot of them out there. You some are. good, some bad. But oh, no.
0: I wouldn't say anything bad. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so how are you?
1: I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Year two was um, a blast. A little less of a blur than year one. Year one in the booth, it was kind of. It reminded me of learning. To crew chief, you know, the first race <laughs> I crew chief, we went to New Hampshire, and I blinked, and it was over, and we ran 14th, and I had no idea how we did it. And um, the racing, or excuse me, the booth was kind of the same way, you know, with a year, it just had, it went by so quickly. So the second year was good; I learned a lot. And uh, what'd you get better at? Uh, listening more, talking less. I think, <laughs> you know, my wife always said I was a bad listener, and I didn't believe her. And then when you go in the booth, you get enamored with the race and you end up watching the race and you have these side conversations on our little private channel with the producer and then a pit reporter's talking to you and, and you know sends us wonderful question and you weren't listening and you're <laughs> like oh yeah so I've learned to uh to listen more I've learned um you know it's not how much you say but kind of the, the window of time you have to say it is 20-25 seconds yeah. so you yeah. learn to be less wordy um I've learned to just have fun, just enjoy it. Because really our goal is that we want the race fan to feel like they're the fourth person in a bar with me, Jeff, and Rick having a beer. Yeah. And that's kind of our goal. Yeah. And, and if that's how people feel, then we're doing our jobs.
0: What What's feedback like for you from the fans and, and all?
1: You know, so I've learned that the ones that don't like it always talk the loudest. But most, most are positive. Um, Whatever you say about any driver, their fan's going to disagree, which I love. <laughs> That's NASCAR. Um, and what I've learned is that actually if I'm not getting anyone disagreeing, that I'm not doing my job. Yeah. Like, they pay me for my opinion, not a watered-down version. So I've had, I've had fans tweet me. I've had drivers call me. I've had owners call me. But um, I always go with if an owner calls me, I be ha- you know, I make myself available, go and sit down with them, and we have a conversation. We may disagree. But in the end, they get my opinion; I get theirs, and we kind of move on.
0: Yeah, do you, you don't don't say this just because we're, of where you are here now in the Dirty Mo Radio Exalta Studios <laughs> of Junior Motorsports. But of of the people that you've got, you guys have guessed, you know, analysts come on with you, some of the drivers and whatnot. Um, who has a good good hand for that? Good talent for that? Well,
1: you know, so I have only worked with a handful. Um, Carl was in the booth last year. Uh, Jamie McMurray did a race. You know it's unfair because Dale and I have such a rapport of just kind of BSing that it was it was really (laughs) easy for us to sit up there and talk. Um, Talladega was probably more difficult because Talladega and Daytona are the hardest races for Jeff and I because it's all play by play. It's like watching a hockey game, and Rick could talk nonstop. It's just passing and racing. So when we got to Martinsville and the race kind of strung out a little bit, then Dale and I could just basically talk about the race and stories and conversations. So obviously I enjoy working next to him yeah um it was fun having him up in there it was fun to see he was like a kid in the can't you know what's this do what's that do what's this do so it was fun that he finally got to an area that he had nothing had no knowledge of so i could try to show him a little bit what was i going know so on, how
0: was the end the, because he's went to the pre-production meeting oh man and he, he, what, he came in yeah. all like yeah. so the
1: producers they were all like well we're gonna do this i'm like look don't protect him from him you just tell him what all the meetings are and if he can make him he'll show up yeah. and he did and then we had um we really enjoyed it it was a great opportunity he makes fun of me, but we never see each other, and I claimed it was because we were both too busy, and then he claimed that's not true because I'm not busy now, only you are, <laughs> but, and that's really the truth. The truth is we're tr- we, we need to find projects to do together because, you know, he's getting married, I have two kids, I have a job, he's a race car driver, I and mean, we're just so busy we don't have time to hang out, and, and that was a great reason to kind of come and hang out.
0: It, that is so true. I was just thinking about that this morning after dropping the kids off for school, um, a mom of... One of Kennedy's friends from preschool texts me. They never hang out anymore, and it's like the, when the people that you hang with and the people that you do tend to be those people that are in your life, and then something happens, and you're split apart, and bam.
1: That's it. You I don't mean, see them anymore. My <laughs> son races out at Millbridge, so I see the people at Millbridge all the time. And other than that, yeah. and my Tuesday golf group, that, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that, those are the people I see all the time. And well, it's, your
0: weekends, uh, I mean, you don't, you're not you're not – you're you're busy. I tell I mean, everyone.
1: Yeah. My job now is um, way, way, way less hours Monday through Thursday, but surprisingly way more hours Friday, Saturday and Sunday because we cover both series of yeah. the Infinity series is there. The difference is it's just way less stress. Yeah. I mean, right. Who wins? Doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, I mean, what call you make. Right. I mean, you know, while the p- I won't say the performance doesn't matter because we do want to do our job, but it's kind of. You're either prepared or you're not. If you ever get up there and you have any anxiety, it's because you didn't prepare. So, you know, there's been a couple weeks where I've been unhappy with our preparation. Things happen. Rules happen. And I knew them but didn't completely know them. And those were good to kind of remind yourself you need to always study. My, My son would laugh at that because I'm not a great student, but.
0: That would be. I think that would be the hardest part for me. Is that because you do have to be up on your game. You got to know what's going on. You got to know what's happening. When <laughs> I'll get, I'll you know be asked to be on Sirius, and it's like I've I've got to like check Twitter, run uh, through the news yeah. of the day or whatever in case Dave asks me something. Right. Well, and, and you know the the problem. <laughs> and that's just about my teams. <laughs> right. Well, I
1: mean, and, and that's the thing. The thing is, it's this I took for granted, what waking up every day and going to the shop and the, you know sitting around the shop talking with guys like being immersed in it how much you just absorbed yeah and how much you know out of sight out of mind i mean people don't call me if i'm not at the racetrack that's why we try to go to some races the first half of the year but the biggest lesson i've had to learn about tv is it's live there's no getting it back so you think before you speak you know it's one thing you could tweet and people are mad and you say something on the radio and people are mad you can even kind of get away with some stuff on nascar america or a practice show but when you have Three, four, five, six million people watching on a rate. There's no getting away with. It, yeah, right? right. So if you exactly. if you kind of throw it out there, you better you better accept it. Or if you're wrong, or if you want to take it back, the best thing I've learned is just write that in there. But like, you know what? I was wrong, and and correct it because you can't wait a week.
0: People just want to you to admit that you were wrong. Yeah, <laughs> oh you, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm wrong enough that it's easy to admit. I
0: would have a I would have a hard time with the not not yeah. really thinking before you speak, but because you are in the live action part of it not calling it like it is. You've well, you got to think, like, you might not always, you probably run into situations where you can't always say what you really want to say. So <laughs> the, the beauty is I've learned the
1: tempo. Yeah. So the tempo is incident happens. Rick talks about it. They work on the replays. I have all that time to be formulating <laughs> exactly what. Then I usually get a couple replays, and it's just, well, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. Then we go to break. I watch them during break, and then when I come back, I've learned to politely polished version tell it like it is yeah you know if if you know if dale chops off the 24 then then you know i t- this is what i've learned the more i try to sugarcoat it the more i walk myself in a corner that someone's going to be unhappy and they have every right to be you know if, if if i try to sugarcoat it and it was joey logano's fault then his fans are happy with me but whoever he wrecked they're mad at me yeah so i've learned just say you know what i just I mean, what do I care right this is what happened he should have done this and da-da-da. And they can all be mad that I said it but if it's what I truly believe it's easier to stay yeah, behind yeah
0: yeah but- Totally. You just need to stand
1: there. And and (laughs) the more I worry about feelings, the more my feelings get hurt. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to worry about everybody (laughs) else. Protect your feelings and don't worry
0: about the others. Exactly. You mentioned your son, Tyler. What's up for his race plans next year? Um, Are y'all doing the winter series or taking a break? You Big move up. We went
1: from box stock to intermediate. Oh, fine. So I won't lie. You know, he runs that little box stock and he races. And we give up like 20 pounds because he's 5'8". So he doesn't really fit. And he runs – we ran, I don't know, twenty or twenty-five races. He probably had fifteen or sixteen top threes. So he, he runs really well.
0: Isn't right. it weird in those carts how, I mean, your kid, they, I mean, he he led. I, I oh, watched yeah. them every week, and then sometimes they'll just run tenth, twelfth, right. And, and you don't know, you're not doing anything different. It's yes. so frustrating. It's so, so frustrating. So <laughs> so frustrating. So I was
1: like, All right, we're gonna move up. We're gonna. So I took him out there to test about three or four weeks ago, and he has that KTM 250, like a four cycle. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And as soon as we pushed him off and he fired off the front of the push track, I was like, okay, this is a bad idea. Like, he's just turned 13. I don't know, this might be a little too much cart, but he's figuring out he had a, He ran third in his first race a couple weeks ago. He ran fourth or fifth uh, this Saturday. So
0: Don't you think the speed helps them with their momentum, though, overall? Oh,
1: it absolutely yeah, does. And it's, it's still fast to him, though, you can yeah. tell. So the first race, the groove was around the bottom. He was fine. But the last race, the groove was around the wall. Not so fine, you know, and I I was like, okay, but you got to kind of get up. And you can't tell them to run the wall because they're going to hit the wall and it's going to be your fault. So I'm like, hey, you need to kind of get up up there. (laughs) And then after the heat race, I'm like, okay, listen, my only words of advice are when you try to find the cushion, you need to find it with the right rear first. Cause if you find it with the right front, it's gonna <laughs> pull you in. You're, gonna, and you're he, going up the wall, right? So he got up there and he started running the cushion, and, and was doing a pretty good job. And then this poor girl went for a heck of a ride, a couple flips down and one and two, and then he moved like a foot off the cushion. And I didn't blame him, but uh, he's doing better than his mother is. Oof. she's um, I feel her. She's a trooper. She's the first time he fired it off in there on the top. She was a little concerned, but he, like, he's a good kid. He gets good grades. Shame on me for dragging him to every racetrack across the country for 10 years. And you know, there, he wants to go race. So uh, he does football, basketball, and races. And that I keep taking him to the golf course, and he has no interest. So that's back a, to the racetrack we go. big schedule.
0: Big schedule. Yeah, Carson just this year really started running the cushion and in the wall, and uh, you know you can the speed, just the intensity of oh, yeah. the speed is there. And you know she started finishing up in the top five and. Had several races she could uh, win, but it's way harder on me. I I was that mom in the beginning that you cannot rewatch my videos. I couldn't share them with right, anybody. Right. Then I leveled out and yeah, I did really good. Right, yeah, you know, right, all right. good. Yep. And then this year I am up and down and <gasps> that, that's you know out, and yeah, that's <laughs> right. like grabbing my, people. Right. She. My wife. So my I'm the, more a show sometimes than the race is. Right. So the,
1: the, my wife finally got used to the box stock. And now he's an intermediate. And this last race, you took it up grabbing <laughs> people. So I had a black sweatshirt on, and I was standing up by the chain link fence over there, turn four. And uh, JD was helping me because my normal guy was out of town. So I was like, ah. there was a caution. I kind of went down, and started talking to JD, and then Tyler was running the top, and he went in and just hopped the cushion and just kind of kicked the right rear off the wall, lifted, about crashed, and then realized, oh, I got to get in the gas. So he stomped on the gas, kind of drove it off. The cu- Everything was fine. But my wife told me the story. She grabbed this lady in front of her. She goes. Sorry, I thought you were my husband because she was in a black sweatshirt. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure the lady really appreciated you comparing her to me. But
0: uh, Was she standing over or was she up in the – she could have been just grabbed she, onto another mom. They oh, probably yeah. understand. That's yeah. How it, yeah, they were
1: over there and they were like, oh, it's fine, honey. Yeah. It's no big deal. But yeah. it's – um, you know, it, it's real. It's 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 real. Ra- the, the thing is it replaces – you know, everyone says, oh, you must miss your old job. I do. Every Sunday I miss crew chiefing. There's something about trying to outmaneuver, outrace – 40 of the smartest minds in the sport, 40 of the best drivers in the sport. There's, there's that s- level of competition that I've had since 16. And I, w- I never knew where I would replace it. I, so I play a tremendous amount of golf, which surprisingly replaces it some. Then racing with my son. So I used to do it all myself. And then I realized I'm a really bad casual racer. Like, I wasn't going out to have fun. I was going out to win. My son was going out to win, but really to have fun. You so need to have fun first. Right. And so after a couple days of tears in between me and my son, I was like, you know what? So I found a guy, this older guy, great guy, and he he maintains our stuff, and he work. And I'm just a dad. I show up, make my suggestions. I go stand in the corner and watch because it's not fair to my son. He, you know, he comes to the races and sees me working with Dale and Jeff Gordon and these stars, and he. I think there was more pressure that well, my dad's working on my stuff. No, no, I'm just gonna go stand in the stands and watch. So.
0: Well, if he makes it and he decides to pursue the ladder that's the kind of dad you need to be. Oh, yeah. Because those dad, you, with, in my spot here is a car owner. You don't want owner. a dad. Right. You don't want the dad. I don't dad. want the dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want the dad that might give a few suggestions, stands over to the side, lets us run the show, well, ask a few questions. Listen, I've learned granddad's <laughs> the
1: worst. So I, I was realistic. So I said, okay, here's the budgets where we're going to run on. Every race I didn't go to, they put new tires on. I'm like, Trish, why, why are you buying tires? Well, you know, Papa Don thought he needed new tires. I'm like, He's not buying
0: them. I that's, am. That's like, what I thought. I thought Papa Don might be buying them. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like no. That's
1: what I. Mean. He's like, you need to put new tires. I'm like, you need to just hush. This is none of your business right here. Unless you're going to be the sponsor, we're running on a budget. We run three races on a right rear. He didn't. Not his grandson. Because you know how it is uh, with grandkids. There's no, nothing too good for the grandkids. Nope,
0: not at all. Not at all. Well, let's talk about the year. I had a. Um, I want to ask you a few of your thoughts on uh, the season. First off, just because it was, it was. Uh, whew crazy for me, but what were your thoughts on the chase format for the trucks in Xfinity?
1: I thought it was a great change, and the reason I say that is at the beginning of the year, I thought it was an awful idea. I thought that for an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, I wanted to see them manage 32 races. I wanted them to understand how you had to push at times and relax at times, and I always thought that was the way it should be done, but Once the format started and Eric Jones wasn't as successful as he probably needed to be, Elliot Sadler stepped up in your car and, and showed more success. We talked about Blake cook who we would have forgotten about in the old format. So in the simple conversation about all these other drivers, you know, you can't have a series that says, you know, names are made here and then only talk about two guys. So I think that the chase format delivered just opportunity to be in the conversation. Now I was still, extremely excited about the four we had at, at Miami. I think they were the most deserving four. They were the four that deserved to be there and earned their way to be there. But we still had all those races up, too. And Eric Jones made it way more exciting than he probably needed to, which showed me that I'm giving these young kids too much credit, that they're ready to go yeah. to the Sprint Cup level because I like Eric, and he's a nice kid, and he has a tremendous amount of talent. But him and his team just, like, mentally folded for six or seven weeks. Now, they came back – and just didn't run well at Miami. I'm not going to blame one race on it. But leading up to there, I mean, Elliot stepped up as a veteran, and these young, young kids kind of, you know, caved in. Yeah. So it was exciting yeah. to watch. They were
0: faltering in places. You mentioned something that I struggled with, and that was one race. Coming down to one race. And you dealt with that in the Cup Series. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know,
1: I, I am not a fan. Whew. If I could change anything in the chase format, the champion would be determined – In the final three races or four races like maybe you cut it to eight and run four races or something to that i am not a fan of the one race yes me neither i like the elimination format i like three races and we reset it the i don't love the fact that we finish at one race i think there needs to be a variety i think it needs to be four races nobody wants to hear this but there should be a super (laughs) speedway there should be a mile and a half there should be a short track of some sort and perhaps two mile and a half or two different versions of a high speed track maybe a two mile and a mile and a half. And in my mind, that is kind of takes the schedule into. If we had four road courses, I would say put a road course in there, but we don't. We only have two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, so you have to have the percentage of the schedule make up the the last group. But you know, if you're a sports fan, the the intensity of that race is, I, I you know, every driver I talked to, every crew chief I talked to, I said, listen, in my mind, this is the most stressful race in all of motorsport because nothing else does this nothing else comes down to one race but it also gives opportunity like I look at Miami and the seven car you know I don't think that Justin and Jason personally I don't think they could keep up with those Gibbs cars over three or four weeks but they could one they had it all figured you know they ran the best I had seen them run all year in the race that mattered the most and it's it's I mean they outrun the the one we all thought would be the fastest of the Eric Jones. So really if Daniel Scores has any sort of issue, then their performance is enough to get him through. Yeah, and right there. Right. And I th- so that's the counter to the one yeah. race thing. I'm with you though. I I, I don't mind, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you can't have one race, you can't eliminate teams. I'm like, listen, you don't understand teams are eliminated in the old format. We yeah. would be down to two by the time we yeah, get to Miami exactly, anyway. Exactly. So I'm not I don't have a big a problem with that. It's, you know, one race I could I could easily be talked into two or three. Yeah.
0: That's the one thing when I think about the old format is is more people do get a chance so there's four instead of one or two yeah, or right. however it takes off but it's just that one race scenario and just think about like William Byron in the trucks I mean <laughs> the guy wins seven freaking races and then they get an opportunity to to run right. for the championship and, so and
1: the struggle is is just or he got
0: an opportunity it was just yeah <laughs> well the, I mean
1: the struggle is is the sport is built on you know it's built on a variety of success you yeah. know like like Jeff Gordon – well, if you go all the way back. So Richard Petty found a way to run 65 races a year and win 30 or 40 of them and win a championship that way. And then your dad came in and found a way to be really, really, really good at this group of tracks and then just not mess up the other ones. And people don't want to hear that. Yeah. But when you really look at the stats, you're like, yeah. look, this is where he won all his – he was yeah. spectacular. But then they were smart enough to say, you know what? In these other tracks, we just don't have to give points back. It's sort and of your
0: strengths and weaknesses, and knowing then, them. <laughs>
1: right, and then Jeff Gordon came in and he said, all right, I'm going to – I am going to accept all the tracks, and we're going to go try to be good at road courses and try to be good at Martinsville. And then he won championships that way. So there were so many different ways to do it. And then Jimmy Johnson came in and said, all right, well, all I have to be good at is the final 10. I yeah. can make it on my, on my talent, and I need to really focus, especially on those final four. I think they didn't know it, but they built a chase just for Jimmy Johnson and his strengths. And, <laughs> and it took a few years in this format, but we said it on the air. I, I have a hard time getting Jimmy Johnson to my round of eight. But if I get him to my round eight, it's hard to not make him the champion. Yeah. And everybody kind of laughed. I'm like, that's just how it works. The, these tracks aren't great for him, but if he gets there, these tracks are spectacular, and he proved proved it once again.
0: It was. It wasn't looking like it though. There, in No, then we went to Miami. While. He
1: was without a doubt <laughs> the slowest of the four. Right. I mean, he was. He was. The, he was without uh. a doubt slow. And it came down to. So this is my question: What's better? We have a champion at the Sprint Cup level that has won seven, so you can't argue his resume. He really persevered through Miami, wasn't the best car. So if it wasn't one race, if it wasn't a game seven moment, would Carl Edwards block Joey Logano all the way to pit lane? Yeah. And, and in my mind, he didn't need to. In yeah, my mind, not. once he kind of killed his momentum, he could have moved up the track and would have cleared him off turn two. But the enormity of the event, I think, kind of overtakes you. Yeah. And, and And you almost – start to believe the hype, maybe more than it's real. Because, you know, I, and I, I can say that now. So if I would have called races from the TV booth, we would have won 20 more races <laughs> because it's so slow and everything makes sense. You're not stuck down in the pits. It's not coming, you know, 100 miles an hour. So then if you put yourself, and I've never done it, but if I can imagine what it's like being a race car, it's even more secluded. And you have even more just firing all your senses so it's easy to step back and say, Oh wow, I should have done this, this and then when you look at it, I think that's what makes the great ones great. Yeah. Is Jimmy is able to step out of the race car while he's driving and say, All right, I just need to be calm. Harvick can as much as he's a firecracker on the radio, I really think he steps back and he understands how the race plays he out. About it. Exactly. Kenseth does that as well. I'm actually excited to see how Dale I think being out of the car might help him. Because I think it's helped me. Like if I went back to crew chiefing now, I think I'd be a way better crew chief because I've watched the races in their entirety, not just from one car. So, And I know he's watching because he texts me oh, yeah. every time I <laughs> say something wrong or that he doesn't like. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see watching the races from a global standpoint if when he gets back on the race car, he can just control whatever that emotion is in the moment. Yeah. And say, okay, I kind of think I know how this is going to play out and race within it.
0: But He's not extremely emotional to begin with, so that it, it's probably more about... I think seeing
1: that's it seeing it all it's, he's not emotional when yeah. he is competitive yeah. and I think he gets to a point that he doesn't think it's possible anymore yeah. like the end yeah. goal isn't yeah. possible yeah. and and I think he thinks it before it ends yeah. y- you know my point is you know halfway in a race he was like man if you run a 12th I can't get there and yeah. be like, well no that's not true because look at the whole picture so it's gonna yeah. be interesting to see it's um Racers are fun to watch up there because you can watch all the cars. Yeah. You know, for 20 years I watched one car. <laughs> I didn't realize how great racing was. And then I go up to the booth and I get to watch them all.
0: Who's your kids pulling for now that you're not on a car?
1: So, you know, my little girl, she only knows Dale. So Dale's – Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all about Dale. <laughs> Dale's it. And then my son, he he was kind of like – You know, I like Dale. I like everybody. So he almost doesn't have a favorite. You know, he he likes Jimmy. He likes Dale. He likes Jeff when he drives. So I And I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized, so my kids have grown up in a bubble. Like, they don't know anything other than when they were both born, I was Jeff Gordon's crew chief. Soon after that, I was Dale. And then as they kind of started to mature to the point where they understood that was going on, you know, Dale and my son, would you know, Tyler, they'd hang out and BS and talk. And next thing you know – well, yeah, I'm gonna root for Dale. So, yeah. so they both cheer Dale on when he's been out. They really, it's funny. They, they're like, eh, we, "Dad, we don't really care about who wins." And I'm like, "Really? You, you don't care at all?" No, you know, they just kind of, they just turn into uh, kids, right? Like, yeah. I can barely get them. I'm trying to get them to watch the races. <laughs> like, "Hey, how'd I do?" <laughs> well, sorry, Dad. We were playing cards. We kind of had it on the background. <laughs> like, all right, thanks.
0: Appreciate the support. Yeah, here. you know. <laughs> What, um, what's your off-season look like in terms of – because you don't go on the air right away. Yeah, so we a have a few season. more
1: shows. I have um, We're going to cover some of the banquet stuff this week coming up. We have uh, And then we do these things called evergreen shows, which are all the shows you see on NBC Sports, um, like the scan-alls and all the highlight shows. So we'll go into the studio and do intros for all those shows. So that's like two 10-hour days in the studio. And then I'm ten hours. They're long days. Woo. They're long days, but that's by request. You know, they want to do you like just
0: want to get them over with. Yeah, get it, get it done. Go in with, and knock done. them all yeah. out. Yeah,
1: you know. Yeah, bring five suits, keep changing shirts, and just. <laughs> but then, um, then it's really just completely trying to unplug through the holidays, and then I don't have to do anything in January like I used to do. Our shows, NASCAR Miracle, start back up in February, and that's really good for me as we talked about kind of being away. I'll go down to Daytona to do nothing just to walk around, see everybody, um, you know, try to go out to dinner with a couple crew chiefs, walk through the garage, walk through the motorhome lot, just try to be I- I- around. Yeah. And then then it starts. You know, we got a few TV shows a week, and then, you know, we go back on air in July. I'm excited. I think Jeff did a great job in the booth last year for Fox. I think year two. I know how much It'll slower be year two was for me and how much better I did. So, uh, you know, him and Daryl working together and Mike Joy is only going to – I thought they did a great job. I'm excited when the racing season starts back up. I'm excited that I get a half a season off. Uh, that's that's But you nice. still have
0: to be plugged in. I was thinking you, you know, just thinking here about you going to Daytona. You gotta kinda know what's transpired, where people started, what they what their thoughts were when they got into the season, then to cover it in that second half. Yeah, right? I
1: try to do one a month in the first half of the year and then I try to do one moment a week, whether yeah. that's to go to Joe Gibbs and hang out with the chiefs for lunch, whether it's to go over to Hendrick and see some of my old friends over there, whether it's ride over to Penske, whether it's to hang out with NASCAR, you know, whether it's your crew chiefs here, I'm friends with all of them. Maybe Burdette and I will go to dinner. Just one time a week to – it can be a friendly base thing, but just conversation. And I've learned technology is the best thing ever, you know. So the years of walking through the garages and talking to everybody, it sounds awful to say, but I have about 20 text threads, and that's kind of it. That's walking through the garage yeah. because I think they appreciate it too. You know, when 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 – Kevin Mendering is trying to set up a race car, you know, he he, uh, he had to put up with me for years in the lounge talking as it is. He doesn't want to see me anymore. But yeah. if I just text him, he knows that, hey, I don't need a response right away. But in the next few hours, if you have a moment, give me the insight and, and we can kind of be done. So it's easier for me to do my research that way.
0: Yeah. What do you think, because you mentioned our three crew chiefs, this year for us has been the best ever in terms of our shop, our guys working together, everybody being on the same page, realizing that they all three come from Hendrick. And uh, Kevin and Jason obviously yep. worked together on Dell's car for a long, long time, and, and Dave on Jimmy's. What do you think happens at Hendrick that that, that happens and that makes that possible? You know, I And think maybe it does if it's three Gibbs crew chiefs. I don't know. Well, but I think <laughs> it does. I think
1: it does. I think it's the simple fact that these larger teams, and I can only speak to Hendrick, but I see it now – in the Gibbs crew chiefs and how they interact. Um, Like, Darian's a perfect example. Darian's a really smart guy, but he didn't work at Gibbs because he wasn't from Gibbs. And I think what, what we're seeing with these larger teams is that, you know, racing isn't this black magic. It's really pretty simple. You take a car, you read the rule book, you try to find every little loophole in the rule book to build the fastest car possible, and then you go week in and week out, you fly all across the country, you stay in hotels, you go to dinner, you get on everyone's nerves to try to go win a race. So it really comes down to the people, how you interact, how you believe in one another when things aren't going well. So I think what happens at these big companies, and especially at Hendrick, is that you learn a lot about people when times are down. And, you know, we had the down times at the 88 when we were slow and trying to find speed, and Kevin worked through it, and Jason worked through it. And it wasn't always good, but what you do is you, you have those moments where you shut the door and scream at each other like brothers, and then you come out and face the world kind of arm in arm. And I think that's the key. I think they they understand that it's not that complicated. When everybody wants to make excuses, you know, you can either make excuses or you can just try to fix it. And and I think that, to your point, you have a great group of three. They all are very different personalities, yet they kind of know what it takes to go win and what and then Ryan is is just ADD enough for the whole group. <laughs> and I say that because him and I have a lot of the in same personality. <laughs> yeah. You it,
0: were the one you were one of the ones that yeah, chucked him up for the job. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know and
1: I say that because you know you have to have energy in a room. Yeah. And it, it's exhausting to be a crew chief and because you have to bring the energy all the time. You can't have bad days. You have to show up, and energize the driver, energize the team, energize the pit crew, be nice to the sponsors, talk to the owner. So, Ryan, one of the reasons why we thought he was the right guy is because he's always full of energy. So, that kind of takes some of the pressure off someone like Burdett, who yeah. is the most, quiet, you know, quiet, I'm quiet. telling you, it's <laughs> like, it, it, this is it, man. You, you know, if you have to get really far back to make sure he's moving because he's just kind of really just low-key. But he gets a lot done. I mean, yeah. we've been friends for a long time. So, I think that I'm hoping those three crew chiefs here, the reason you say it's been a great year, it's not just what's happened on the racetrack, it's that – you know, when you hire a band of brothers, you expect the brothers to work it out on their own. They only need to get mom and dad involved when yeah. stuff gets really, really bad. Where if you have three guys that don't have that sort of relationship, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like when my kids have friends over to play, I get involved in more disagreements oh, than gosh. I ever do if it's just siblings, because siblings, you know, they go fight it out. Like, they don't call mom and dad. They go fight it out and then work it out. So I think that's the key. You know, when you're raised at one of these big race teams, you learn that, you know, the last thing we want to do no offense, is get the owner involved. Yeah. We better just fix this on our own. Figure because Right, right, right. It's, it's like I tell everybody, be careful what you wish for. Right? Like, we don't need any more regulations, so we just won't ask for help, and we'll yeah. work it out. And I think that's what they did. And, you know.
0: Well, by the time you get the owner involved and they give you what you've asked for or whatever and it still doesn't work, right, well, you then know, what's your question?
1: The problem is, is I, well, Ken House told me something a long time ago, and I've always remembered, is um, really the world is driven by unintended circumstances. And it's when NASCAR makes a rule change, they, they don't understand the circumstance. You know, they know what they were trying to fix, but they didn't see all these things down the road. And when you make a decision in a relationship, you know what you're trying to fix, but it never seems to really fix that one issue. It highlights six or seven other ones. It's the same way, right? So if, if you, if you want to get the bosses involved, they'll come and fix this little issue, and these other 20 things you didn't think were an issue, they're an issue now. Yeah, yeah. So that's our joke at NBC. That's they true. like to book travel really late, like seven days out. And that bothers Rick because in his old job, he used to have it for the year. And Jeff and I are like, listen, man, I don't think you want to complain about that because when I decide on a Thursday that I don't want to take the nine o'clock commercial flight, yeah. I want to take the two o'clock, the nice lady in Stanford just says, okay, no problem. I moved you.
0: And I was like, and you're going
1: to make it where they're going to make me pay the change fee. So let's, <laughs> let's not make this any more complicated than it needs to be. So, but it's good. And then I've nothing. So, so we, you know, we talk about racing. I don't really have favorites, but I have moments. And Elliot winning at Darlington was a moment. So I went to Victory Lane. My first ever race, Dale Jr. won in July. I went and saw him there. I went and saw Jeff at Martinsville. I'm trying to think. There's maybe a couple others. But that one in Darlington, it was just natural. Uh, Jeff Burton and I both just said, hey, we need to go see Elliot. So we went down there. I was kind of torn. It was have to go see Elliot and have to go see Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that was one of those moments that, that – you can't draw up. It was, It was. I mean, the whole storyline leading up well, to it was probably one of my favorite races the entire year.
0: Yeah, the, he he had that race and, and the one before it where the circumstances just, you know, staying in front, staying in front with mm-hmm. lots of different things going on behind them, tires and no tires and all that good stuff. Those were awesome races And then he hit the wall with two to go at Darlington. Yeah, I mean, there's like awesome races to win. What are you win? doing, buddy? Just
1: run the bottom. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, they were pretty big. Oh gosh, we've covered a lot of ground.
1: See, I'm good. Listen, I'm good at filling airtime. That's why they love me in my new job. It's you know. Well, you always an hour of practice. (laughs) An hour of practice. There's only so much to talk about.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, that's that's, you went through all your notes. Yeah, I did. And it's funny, I didn't even have to ask questions because we just talked about stuff. That's the best way. Yeah. So,
1: so tell me then. So, Junior Motorsports. You say, why do you say best year?
0: Well, I was thinking, it, you know, performance-wise, it wasn't our best year because in 2014 we won nine races and, and yep. won the championship. But best to me is not – I mean, it, performance obviously has to be there. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody wants, the sponsors, and that's what all those guys work so hard. But the camaraderie, right. the working together, like you said, when putting all the heads together um, – when you are trying to find something different and i mean we worked all year long to beat the gibbs cars you right. know that's and, yeah, and yeah. their heads together uh, looking out my office um you know just the one car especially and I, i'm i don't want to pick on my teams because they all have their different styles about doing things but the one car especially i mean every time i look at my window five o'clock five thirty, right. six o'clock just own it you know and and there's a lot of times when all three of them were lined up and doing that now I, I even asked it's funny that you said that about Jason because I said to LW I was like I, I never see like like it's I mean the one car if there's 24 hours in the day they're there 26 yep. Yep. you know
1: that's not Burdette
0: and Dave is pretty he's mm-hmm. right there you know he's gonna fill out the 24 hour yep. day and Jason's probably like the 22 hour day of the 24 yep. and he's like he just you know and I think the engineering minds probably not overwork, but work a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And Jason, not coming from that background, he just sort of lets them do that part and then takes it and applies it, you know, so it's different for him. But um, just working together, I mean, we've just, uh, it just seems like, and I'm sure they have their moments that I don't know about because I don't get in the middle of all that stuff. That's but perfect then.
1: If you don't know yeah. about them, they're the best
0: moments. But, um, yeah, working together. And even y- even this year, you know, they had conversations from the Hendrick side when they were, you know, right. struggling, right. calling us up, you know, because they trust these three guys. Right. And, right. Uh, and that's really cool to see too. So just overall. Yeah.
1: I love watching, you know. So I had, you know, so Jason and I were friends forever. And then he was the car chief. And then at one point. Dave and Kevin were the engineers, and so I've worked with all three of them. So it was um, so drastically different in personalities, it's fun to watch. But, um, yeah, your biggest challenge is going to be understanding, you know, how long you're going to be able to keep them because whenever yeah. Chad or Alan or someone up the chain says, you know what, they've had enough, and they throw the towel in, I mean, the success of this. And that's really – you know, we had this conversation, what, a long time ago now, yeah. years yeah. and years and years ago now. but And that's really where, you know, everybody always says, okay, so – I have these cool Sunoco flags that are hanging on my wall from all the wins we had. And, we, you know, Dale was always gracious enough. I have trophies and rings and all these different things. But it's – it's and and I never understood this until now. And Ray and I have had this conversation because I am a protege of Ray Everham. He kind of created m- me and what I know and how I kind of approach things, him and Robbie Loomis. So of all of those trophies, the coolest thing now is walking through the garage and seeing all the people that work for you. You know, it was like all of the, and it's Justin Alexander. Who is it? RCR. It's the three crew chiefs here, especially in the Xfinity side. When we go yeah. to the Xfinity <laughs> garage, it's it's you know Chad and I have this conversation every once in a while. It amazes us the ripple of people. Now, maybe that means we were hard on people. We shouldn't have had to work with that many people, but you know the, the ripple of people that we worked with or worked for, you know. Man, they, the the reach through the garage is unreal. So, I mean, it, this company is really the same way I look at it with drivers. You know, so we talk about this all the time, and we talk about it with Dale when he was in the booth, but I never had the chance to talk about it with you. When you look in the garage, you know, the drivers that you and Dale found are the ones racing for championships at the highest level. Yeah. You know, you have Martin Truex, Brad. I mean, you know, you took these guys and gave them a shot, and now their careers are, you know, fully blown. Oh, that, I mean, has yeah. to be, yeah. that has to be oh, a great – I mean, a great thought for a company, right? To be able to hang your hat on, we were smart enough to find these drivers. Yeah,
0: yeah, and just yeah, and sometimes yeah, you look into it, or or you figure it out, you find it, or somebody like Chase, you know, is coming up through Mr. H's. But um, yeah, I feel the same way about the drivers. I feel that way about our crew chief, crew chiefs, our our crewmen, um, on down the line. And it's funny because LW will will be going through the shop, uh, through the garage. And he, it's like everybody knows right, him. Right. And I'll say, you know, where do you know that guy from? And he'll like, oh, well, he worked on my ARCA car, you know, 20 years ago. Yep. And here he is, the car chief of XYZ, or yep. maybe he's a crew chief somewhere or whatever. And that process just happens, you know. That's right. And um, you, you see, you talk about our guys getting an opportunity to go. And, and um, I, I know they will at some point. To, and that's what this series is for. But the great thing is, that I think we've established this opportunity for this to happen between right. us and Hendrick and seeing the success of it. And, and I know that there's other people chomping on the bit to get that opportunity. And Well, that will. I, I remind them, though, it took Jason Burdett 18 years to get that opportunity. Dave yeah, yeah. 10, I mean, 11 years. <laughs> I mean, the,
1: the, the, you're going to have, now you have the the best of both worlds. So the one side is you'll be able to get much better people because there is a avenue of improvement. The problem is when you get those great people, their patience are usually much lower than the time it takes to get there. Yes. So, so now, see, so congratulations. Now you don't have three <laughs> children. Crew chief you have to babysit. It's everyone below the crew chiefs. You're going to have to babysit to yeah. see how patient they can become.
0: Everybody wants to be a car chief or everybody wants to be this. Or they has. see that path and over at Hendrick, they're like, oh, I want to come over there and do this. Or you know. So, and that's where everybody,
1: everybody <laughs> says, hey, how do you love your new job? The fact that I don't want to be anything else. Like I, I, I loved crew chiefing. Um, I'm sure Mr. Hendrick would have loved if I would have stayed. There was stuff I could have done at the company. But it was just, you know, if I didn't have children, I would absolutely still be there. But when my wife and I decided to have kids, it's been to, to think that I've been blessed to have this opportunity to have. I take my kids to school just like you every day. I'm the morning car. Now, afternoon carpool, you can have the secret handshake, get in line. This line, you're in the wrong line. You have the wrong placard. And it's like you the, 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 the afternoon carpool is – is harder than racing at Talladega, but <laughs> you know the morning carpool. Why is, great. is that?
0: Why I don't know. It's that way. It's so many it's schools. It can be so
1: simple <laughs> in the morning. You just get in line. You look. You drop them off. Hey, have a great day. But in the afternoon, oh man, you know. And then at Davidson, there's roundabouts and the town doesn't want you here. I'm always in trouble. So I've I've sworn off afternoon carpool, but every morning I get to take my kids to school and there's that, those ten minutes that I'm sure I take for granted too many days. Looking back on it, I'm like, that's really been, of the biggest change of my entire career, it's every morning for 10 minutes I get to spend time with my kids. Just me. Trish isn't with us. And it's like, that is that was enough reason. And yeah. it sounds weird, but it. No, it doesn't. It, that's, I get it. It, it. comes down yeah. to the smallest stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I say that about taking my kids to school. And my daughter, she's mad. Uh, Kennedy gets mad because I don't pick her up as much as I used to. But I'll double say, well, you know, why don't you just let me take them to school? And then you could get to work. But I love that. That's right. I, I love that. You know, 15-minute car ride, and sometimes it's quiet, and we don't talk about anything. And then sometimes we go 90 mile an hour talking about stuff. Well, I <laughs> <So> did <laughs> learn. So my
1: son just turned 13. He got his phone. We held off till 13. So good he for doesn't, you. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> talk anymore. He has You know, <laughs> know he's, he he drives down like this the whole time. Yeah. He's just, you know, and, and moms. I thought the racing got her nervous, but it's not that. It's the that phone's his phone gonna be crazy. Bing! She'd She's like, who's texting you? He just look at her like why am i gonna tell you i have my (laughs) own phone now so i'm like man i don't think he has this figured out so he's under my apple id so i told him it's a little bit of a fib but i said listen all of your all your text messages that thread it shows up in my ipad so i can see everything you're texting now that doesn't happen but as long as he thinks that happens i think i'm gonna be all right
0: i had this um (laughs) the carbon monoxide things in our house you know these like Plates, and they have this one little red dot. Yep. The, well, I've had my kids convinced that they're cameras.
1: Oh yeah. I mean,
0: convinced. Except the other day, I got caught off guard, and Kennedy's like, "Mom, what is that?" And I was like, "Oh, that's the carbon monoxide detector." And as soon as mm. I said it, mm. she's like, "I knew it! Mm. I knew they were cameras."
1: <laughs> oh. And
0: I've, I mean, for fifteen years, it's worked <laughs> that those were cameras.
1: <laughs> That'd be enough reason to put some cameras up.
0: I don't need them for her, the other one, the 16-year-old. And she's about, you know, she's oh, about so I, have this, funny, so. I <laughs> have this funny
1: story about the 60s. So Jeff Burton, he texts me. He goes, hey, you running tonight at Millbridge? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm running. So he's like, well, Harrison wants to go to the dirt track. And I'm like, all right, yeah, you come on out and hang out, you know. So Jeff comes out, and he's hanging out with me, and Harrison disappears. <laughs> Your daughter gets done running the heat race, and here they come. They're just walking in a group, but they're walking side by side. And Jeff elbows me, and he's like, I think I know why Harrison wanted to come to the <laughs> dirt track. And that's what he said. And then I was like, you're can't, going you can't to embarrass him. He goes, oh, you're right. I'm going to embarrass him. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, he's a race car driver. She's a race car driver. And he was like, I'm fine mm-hmm. with it, but his mama's, not, his mama's not ready for all this. And that's, all, that's all Jeff said. So he laughed and walked off. So I thought of you, and I was like, yeah, this is – I said, I'm 13. I've still got a few more years. Mama before I Kim, worry about Mama this. Kim,
0: she's awesome. She, um, when th- they were hanging out a little bit, Carson and Harrison, and you know the thing with your kids, and you, we'll find this with Tyler as he's coming up through these teenage years. They just start because they have a phone. They make their own plans. Oh yeah. I mean, I they make it. their own plans. They do their own thing. And I say to Carson, you know, can I have the mom's number? Can I have somebody's number right. to check in with them? And so I asked that about um, Kim. Right. Of course, I mean, I've known them and. And all. Same and, thing, uh, though.
1: Until your circle's crossed. Yeah. You're, you're like, I just want to make
0: sure that they're where they say they're going to be yeah. or what they're doing or whatever. And she's and I text her, and I'm like, you know, I just want to make sure yeah, that hey, yep, yep. they're going out as a group and yep. doing whatever, that it, you know where they are or whatever. And she's like, I'm so glad you texted me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I And because she is like protective mom. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. <laughs> protective well, I mean, mom.
1: <laughs> I think it's a, it's a great problem to have, but growing up the way we all do through the garage, we somewhat get – I think just more protective, right? Yeah. Because it becomes more complicated. It's not just the trials and tribulations of a teenager. It's the trials and tribulations of a teenager that just has kind of, has grown up in this, in this, you know, vacuum of a sport. It just, it moves so fast. Everything moves so fast. And so, so I, I agree, but I had to laugh. That was, that was, <laughs> it, so it started where we were actually leaning on the fence, watching the race and I kind of walked by and I could follow his eyes and he was watching mine and, we, it was kind of one of those back to your youth, and you were like, hmm It all makes <laughs> sense right now. I mean, it all makes sense. So, But yeah, your daughter, actually, you, she's been great to my son, though, because she'll lean in. and You know, the funny thing is, so I'll tell my son, hey, listen, you need to do this, you need to do this, and he won't do any of it. Somebody like, else hey. can tell them. I'm like, man, you're driving in, you, you got to roll out of the gas, let it roll up to the cushion, get in the gas really early. Yeah, okay, doesn't change it. Your daughter will come over, tell him the same exact thing, next lap he'll okay. do it. And I'm like, now, why? He's like, Pfft. well, Dad, she's a driver. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, whatever.
0: Same thing happens with me, and Car- Carson will get asked the question, you know, because I race cars. And sh- they'll say, you know, does your mom ever give you an advice? And I just go ahead and, nope.
1: no, Nope. Oh, yeah, no.
0: I can give it, but she won't take it. No. Matter
1: <laughs> of fact, they'll do the opposite. In anything. Whatever you tell them, like, oh, no, then yeah. what, what do you know? Yeah.
0: Producer Natalie's laughing during that whole storytelling because she's kind of Carson's go-to for,
1: uh, you know. You didn't jump in?
0: Girl stuff, boy stuff, all of that. So, because mama, you know. Yeah, you're sometimes mama. I know it, best, yeah. but I'm mama. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always that other person that they like to. And the racing's the same thing. I, I tell, uh, I'm like, I, I, I wish I could text somebody that Carson believes in. And, you know, there's a few of the drivers that come out and watch them, Casey or Kyle or somebody. And it's like so they can tell her what I want her to know. Right, right. Because I know they'll agree with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's
1: it. You just got to find the right delivery method. <laughs> yes. That's exactly. what I've learned.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, this has been tons of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I appreciate you coming in. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so oh, see,
1: her mic does work, but she didn't want to jump in when we were this whole conversation. I usually have no, it
2: muted and over here, but, yeah. I mean, there's times <laughs> yeah.
1: that you need to be – see, I'm one of those guys, and I'm going to bring everyone in. So, yeah. you're lucky I would have had specific <laughs> questions for you. No, we could have got the whiteboard out and just
0: <laughs> – No, she's <laughs> over there thinking, I'm not going to say anything to this because then Carson's going to listen to this. Yeah. And be like, are you talking about? That? I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and see, all I say is, well, I'm, I'm the mom. I can do whatever. You just you tell right? Carson, yeah. remind
1: her while – while this is what I tell everyone. This is what I tell oh all the drivers and the owners <laughs> and everything. I say – I, I, this is what I tell everyone. I said, listen, we can agree to disagree. You can f- be embarrassed. You can do this. You can do this. Just remember that I have the microphone more
0: than
1: you. <laughs> and all those drivers are like uh, – I'm like, I'm just telling you. Yeah. Just remember, I got three hours. I was like, so so the, I have this beautiful social network that I keep pretty polite. But every once in a while, when I have to have to just shoot one over the bow, I can do it, <laughs> and I, I we decided to bring that up on the podcast, but
0: I know who who do you think I had that wrote down for Twitter, like just who just do you crack up over in terms of Twitter responses? Well I so
1: <laughs> you know it it's it's you know I think you can learn a lot about going through someone's followers or oh, who yeah. you follow yeah, so when I go through right, so I follow Dale is usually pretty pretty classic, he says stuff that I know you both cringe about. <laughs> And then um, I follow the the new golfer, the Andrew Beef guy with the big same thing. He kind of reminds me of Dale. Like, so now he's famous and he has all these PSAs, but he like doesn't really know how to do them. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, was I not supposed to say that?" <laughs> you know, like he has an Arby's deal and he'll tweet about going to McDonald's or something. You're like, man, you're kind of messing that up. <laughs> so he's fun to follow. the The Formula One guy, David Hobbs and Steve Matchett, they're as much of a disaster on Twitter as they are on on the uh television which is spectacular so I have this great variety of people that I follow and then I try to um you know I'm bad so so I I know we're supposed to be done but I have a confession so in my new job they're like oh listen you have this good social following can you tweet the schedule can you listen as soon as they ask me to do something then I don't want to do it I'm like man you're kind of ruining this whole Twitter thing for me And they're like, yeah, but, but. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have this Twitter following because my Twitter is an explosion of whatever's going on in my brain. And you could get dirt racing. You could get golf. You could get a Dirty Mo podcast. You could get dating at the dirt track. There's (laughs) anything, anything possible can come out on my Twitter account. So, so. You know. And then
0: when you come out with this nice, neat, buttoned-up tweet, it's like, who is that? <laughs>
1: like, and, and you know, here's the problem. Awesome people I follow, if I get too many buttoned-up tweets, I'm like, man, you're just filling up my timeline yeah. with just a bunch yeah. of junk. Yeah. so that's true. So that's what I try to tell everybody, so – I didn't know we hit such a sensitive subject. You're almost blushing over there for
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm over here like, I cannot say a word. No, I, although a I do word. owe her because she's tweeted some stuff about me. So I do owe Carson. Oh, a I wasn't going to bring
1: too, up the fact <laughs> <laughs> it was so great to finally meet you because I feel like I've lived the life following everybody on Twitter. It, it just comes across. I was going to let that all. <laughs> I said, you have your mic turned That's on. That's funny how
0: that works too, isn't it? You feel like you know everybody. You know what's going on in everybody's oh. life. And then you see them and, and you're like, oh, but that came from Twitter. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was, like, I was like, we've never.
2: Have we never. Mad,
1: I swear <laughs> we've had conversations and all kinds, you know. And that's yeah. that's uh, well, we
2: Carson and I interviewed you for Motor Mouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you and right. Burton at uh Atlanta, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. we were Early probably pretty
1: calm by then. But once you get through all these races, it's basically yeah, no, it was the, like the very
2: beginning of the, the year. You guys Atlanta. weren't even yeah. right, you guys were just walking around. That's with what I was saying. Um, it was probably pretty Jeff calm. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, I'm gonna t- you have to send me the link though because I'm gonna tweet out this podcast, Levy Mo, We really covered some. I'm telling you, listen, when two fire suits get together, (laughs) it's it's never a good situation. No, it's
0: funny. Two fire suits get together.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) Ricky
0: and Danica are doing pretty good at it. Yeah, they're kind of breaking (laughs) the mold. They are. They're (laughs) breaking the mold.
1: They're breaking the mold. (laughs) Good stuff. All right, well, thanks for
0: having me on. Hey, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Air
2: 911, what's your emergency?
0: All right, it's time for our Hair 911. And being that it's the end of the year, uh, Natalie and I just wanted to kind of talk about some of our favorite products throughout the year. And actually, I had the funniest story, Natalie, just coming off the banquet from the Xfinity banquet. Um, in less than 24 hours, I was able to secure a makeup artist and a hairstylist to do my hair on Monday before wow. we traveled down to Miami <laughs> that morning. And so she met me over at Hammerhead and I hadn't worked with her before and she's got all of her gigs set up and I look over and what is it? Our favorite? Rockaholic. Love it. Yes. I, oh. Favorite so dry shampoo, yes. And I said to her, you know, she had a big uh, bottle of it and uh, I said, Don't you just love this stuff? And she goes, Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. Da 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 And um I, I clued her in on the fact that it also comes in travel-sized oh, yeah. cans, I which I love. I need to get of those. Yeah, <laughs> I love that for traveling. So, um, yeah, I thought that was cool that, um, you know, she does this professionally. She works a lot in Charlotte with um, TV shows and whatnot, and it's one of her favorite products. Well, the
2: Rockaholic Dry Shampoo has won. It was voted the best dry shampoo out of any, and I can definitely contest to that. It's, it is definitely one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, another one of the uh, products that I like is the Thickening spray queen for a day and when uh tg came and, and cut my hair and mm-hmm. did my hair um that was one of the products that they turned me on to and i really like that because i have good hair it just needs a little lift and thickening
2: so yeah. i don't yeah. need to thicken my hair but yeah, you don't you don't you know <laughs> i tried using it and i was like no it's too much i have enough hair as it is but yeah they did a great job with all the products that they used for for you that day but I, I like know, I enjoyed it I haven't my hairdresser
0: has done a good job but we haven't quite recreated exactly what happened that day <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do
2: it's hard to do I, I love that cut yeah th- you looked great and yeah, I still like what they've been doing with your yeah. hair, though yeah they've been doing yeah. awesome but I like their um their fashionista which is like their brown shampoos and then the oatmeal and honey shampoo is one of my favorites I use that all the time and I really truly think it's kind of helped my hair because I'm getting older, and my yeah. hair's changing, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I need to do something different. And so they, um, Frank and everybody over at TG suggested the oatmeal and honey, and it's been wonderful. Well, good for you. I might have to try that one out. I, don't, I think that's one I haven't tried, so yeah, uh,
0: continuing to uh, try those out. And, I mean, they've got great products, and we want to thank Bedhead by TG for their continued support of the show um, and all the products that, that they've turned us on to and our guests. Our yes. guests have loved the products. Definitely. Um, I've ran into several of them, and, and they're like, I love that stuff you gave me. What it, you know, well, we tried out different
2: things. They, um, for our end-of-the-year race here at Charlotte, they sent us a whole bunch of samples for the um, customers that came into the store. And I had some left over, and Jesse and Frank and everybody over at TG's like, we'll oh, just give them to the employees. So I had them, and I was like, anybody that wants some, just come grab some. Well, Kristen, she has struggled with her hair, one of our reps. And, you know, she's got like the long dark hair like me, but it she struggles with the frizz. And she um, kept asking me like, what can I use? What can I use? I'm like, well, let me talk to Frank. I'm gonna get you some of this humidity stuff and then try this hairspray. So the very last race in Miami, she curled her hair for the first time ever and used this hairspray and tweeted to me, oh my gosh, I'm however old she is. I've been trying this for years and finally I found a hairspray that, that worked. I love this. And she came in on our end of the year Jerem up front and she was saying how everybody was like, wow, you look really good. Your hair looks great. And she goes, what if I looked like crap the rest of the however many years y'all see me? I hate when that happens, yeah. Like, somebody yeah. says, your hair looks great today.
0: <laughs> that happens here at work. And you're like, okay, this is the same way I've been fixing it every day. What's different? <laughs> of course, she did try
2: something new. So, Yeah, and yeah. she is like, I will forever use this. And I happen to have one big bottle that i never got a hold of one of our winners and so i was like here take this and she's like are you kidding me <laughs> a big one oh my gosh and so she is hooked now on the uh, it's the hardhead by bedhead by tg oh Here's yeah spray. yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's a good one well if you're interested in trying any of these uh, bedhead by tg products you can always go to ulta.com uh, or your local ulta store i know uh, they'll be busy for the holidays Ulta's oh yeah it's a
2: fun place to go I know Kelsey said she went there and the line was out Crazy. the door <laughs> on sure. Black Friday. I'm like, no thanks. It's too much for me. Yeah, for real. All right.
0: Well, we have had such fun this season. I hope you guys have enjoyed Fastlane family. Uh, we definitely want to thank Exalta for their support of Dirty Mare Radio. Uh, it's been fun uh, recording here from the Exalta studio. We also want to remind you that you can still listen to our podcast and all the Dirty Mare Radio podcasts anytime on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Any of the other listening products that they have there too, um, you can catch up. You can revisit if you have a, a week where you're fiending for something and and we don't have a new show out. Just go and listen to the podcast and catch up or catch some of the ones maybe that you didn't have time to listen to this season. We've certainly got a, a plethora of yes, we do <laughs> various shows, and uh, we'll be working hard over the the winter here to uh, bring you another great season of dirty Mo radio uh next year with uh, some some returning podcasts and maybe a few new podcasts as well thank you again to all the listeners be sure to go and rate and review us on itunes you can also tweet and facebook us with any suggestions for next season we've enjoyed another season of fast Lane family
2: thanks for listening to dirty mo radio